God is good and we bless the Lord for his faithfulness, even for gathering us in this place. Have you guys been blessed by the ministry of Brother Kimingi for the past few Sundays? Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed? What did he speak about? Do you remember? Huh? Do you guys remember? All right. That's good. So um, if you check on your WhatsApp, there's some notes that I've shared with all of you. So you can take advantage of them as we look into the word of God. The Lord is faithful and he's doing a great thing in our midst. And we thank the Lord for his faithfulness. For those who are here for the first time, Flick is an acronym. Our church is called Flick. Our fellowship is called Flick. And Flick stands for Fulfilling Life in Christ Koinonia. Koinonia means fellowship. It's the Greek word for fellowship. So it is a fellowship where we teach the gospel of Jesus Christ with an emphasis on his finished works and the effects that abound in the life of a believer. Hallelujah. And we believe in the preaching of Christ, both from the shadows and exposing him as a substance in the lives of believers, because we believe that it is in the finished works of Jesus Christ that the identity of the believer is revealed. Praise the Lord. And what a joy it is to know that we are no longer in the shadows, but we are in the substance. Praise God. We are in the substance. And I bless the Lord. The Bible says as long as Moses is read, there remains a veil upon their face. But when the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. It is the spirit that gives us the liberty to move away from a veiled understanding, to be able to see clearly Christ and the fulfillment of precious prophecies and promises in the scripture. He goes ahead and says, and we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of God as in a glass, are being transformed from one degree of glory to another after the image of the creator by the spirit. And what a joy it is to know that our lives have moved from the glory of the old covenant, which was a fading glory, to the glory that resides in us, a permanent glory that never fades away. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, for some people, they say, my life is moving from glory to glory. They don't understand. They seek saying every day is glory, glory. No, no, no. It is the glory that is fading to the glory that is permanent. That, that's what glory to glory means. Hallelujah. Praise God. It makes sense. Jackie Apu may find a correction in your life. Praise God. You are blessed. Yeah. It is the fading glory. The fading glory that was the glory of the old covenant. Where Moses came from Mount Sinai. And when he came down, his face shone and he was bright. To a glory that does not fade away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, this, the same glory of the old covenant is what appeared on the transfiguration when Elijah and Moses appeared to Jesus. Praise God. And there was a glory there. And then the moment Peter thought, my goodness, Jesus is indeed a man of God. He's indeed a prophet of God because if he can stand with Moses, who's the law, and if he can stand with Elijah, who's the prophets, then he must be sent of God. And while he thought those things, a voice came from heaven said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. 
And the moment they looked up, Moses and Elijah were no longer there. They had faded away. But Christ remained because that is the permanent glory that remains in the life of a believer. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. Greater is he that is in the that is in us than he that is in the world. Christ in the hope of glory. Praise God. So the glory we have is residing in us. It is Christ Jesus. And we are blessed to know this. Hallelujah. So we've been learning the series from shadows to substance. And we will keep endeavoring in these things until you learn and you understand. That's why we choose to record them so you can listen and listen again. Because whenever you keep listening, praise God, we are trying to eradicate 40 years of life on merit to teach you grace, praise God. You have lived 40 years, 30 years based on a system of merit. You qualify, you receive. So to understand the things of God that gives merit before qualification, <laughs> praise God, that gives you an identity or an achievement before qualifying for it, it takes the transformation and the renewing of the mind for you to be able to embrace the ability to receive things freely. Praise God. Amen. It takes years, and that's why we have to constantly keep listening because we were programmed with life generally in a system of merit. So we have to keep listening and listening. Praise God. And I'm happy for the work that we are putting in because the Lord is doing a great thing. Hallelujah. Today we are going to be talking about the feast of unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. And I will share much later a PDF infographic that has all the feasts of Israel. But do you know, as I was listening to uh, some teachings this week, I was actually surprised that the seven major feasts of Israel, praise the Lord. Something interesting we landed upon, I was sharing with my wife. The seven major feasts of Israel, all of them point to specific prophetic things in the life of Jesus Christ. Even to the Feast of Trumpets, which symbolizes the taking away of the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. And even to the Feast of Tabernacles, where Christ will come and dwell in us, with us in the millennial reign. Praise God. I was, I was, I was looking at these things and I was like, I'm really surprised. I need to research more. Praise God. But do you know something else interesting I discovered about those seven feasts? They happen every year in a span, praise God, of a woman's gestation period. From the moment a woman conceives and gives birth, how many weeks does it take? 40 weeks. All those feasts happened in a span of 40 weeks. My God is legit. <laughs> how? How? What a coincidence. What a coincidence. From the moment a seed is sown to the fruition, when you receive a baby, those feasts happen in that timeline. And when you think about God, you, you, you can be amazed. You can be amazed. And then there happen to be seven feasts. We know about what other sevens are there in the Bible? What other sevens? God created the heavens and earth and everything. Creation happened. Now, how many days do we count? Seven. Praise God. How many, uh, how, how, how many animals entered into the 
Noah, uh, into Noah's ark? How many of them? Two by two or seven by seven? Aye, seven. Have you ever read that? Go and read Genesis again, chapter five. <laughs> or six there. <laughs> Praise God. How many candlesticks were there? Seven. <laughs> Praise God. So there's so many things that align with God's plan. Praise God. God, God was very specific in how he did these things. And it's so good for us to learn these things because I believe they will bless us tremendously. Amen. Amen. We bless the Lord. So Leviticus chapter 25 verse one to uh, 23 from verse 1 to 3 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. So if you look on your phone, the notes are there. You can, always, you can read with me the presentation, because it's there on your phone. Praise the Lord. The online church, guys, you can find it on WhatsApp, on the Flick group. The notes are there. So it says that God spoke to Moses saying speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations even these are my feasts so it is God that instituted the feasts praise the Lord it is the Lord that instituted the feast he says these are my feasts all right and they are holy convocations what are holy convocations? A convocation is the assembling together, the gathering of people, so that in these feasts, they were required to come together, praise the Lord, for something specific. Leviticus 23, verse 3 to 4 says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall, know, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dealings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. So if you read Leviticus 23, you will find all those feasts being spoken about by the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Now, what was the purpose of the feasts, guys? What was the purpose of the feasts? It's good that we look at that, the purpose of the feasts. Um, worship and thanksgiving feasts were occasions for the Israelites to gather together and offer praise and thanksgiving to God for his blessings and provisions the feasts were also commemorations they were meant to commemorate important historical events such as the exodus from Egypt Passover or the giving of the law at Mount Sinai the feast of weeks or Pentecost so the feasts were commemorations the same way we celebrate holidays they commemorated specific things so that you never forget you never forget praise god otherwise if we stop celebrating specific holidays in this country there'll come a generation that you will ask them when did when, when did kenya gain its independence they will not remember because the only way they can remember is by these commemorations are we together so the lord instituted that so that they could remember so when children were being brought up, they would see a time where people were celebrating and they would ask, what is the meaning of this? And then they would remember. They would now be told, we are doing this because in history, God did this for us. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there are days to commemorate. Even your birthday, 
you commemorate that. You celebrate your birthday because of those commemorations. Praise God. You know, it was a time we, all, we Alex could not remember his birthday. We had to go to his parents and inquire because he never used to celebrate it. You see, religion can take you off course. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, that's on a light note. <laughs> another, another reason. Uh, I need to stop making fun of people. Please pray for me because there's some guys I just keep Lord. Oh, renewal of the covenant. All right. Another reason was renewal of the covenant. The feast provided opportunities for the people to renew their commitment to God and his covenant with them. Another reason was the teaching and instruction. The feast contained symbolic elements that taught spiritual truths and provided valuable lessons to the Israelites. Another reason was community and unity. Feasts fostered a sense of community and unity among the people of Israel, strengthening their identity as a nation because they were called convocations. They came together. Praise the Lord. They came together. But also, it is important for us to note that the feast were also prophetic in nature. They were prophetic in nature. Some feasts, such as the Feast of Trumpets, which was also called the Rosh Hashanah, foreshadowed future events and served as prophetic symbols. There was also joy and celebration. Many feasts were time of joy and celebration, allowing the Israelites to rejoice in God's goodness and faithfulness. The feasts were also times of offering and sacrifice. Certain feasts required specific offerings and sacrifices, demonstrating the people's dedication to God. There was also a time of setting apart. Setting apart time, the feast helped sanctify specific times for spiritual reflection devotion and consecration and also the anticipation of the messiah some feasts like the feast of the passover held messianic significance pointing to the coming of jesus christ as their ultimate sacrifice and savior and one thing to note is the feasts declared the seasons the feasts declared the seasons they lined up with their moon and their lunar calendar so the Jewish calendar is lining up with the moon. Praise God. The calendar we use is not the lunar calendar. It's called what calendar? Eh? Which lines up with the solar system. Are we together? That's why you have Sunday, which is the first day of the week. It is, a, it is not a Christian thing. Praise God. Are we together? Am I making sense? So the Jews aligned with the moon. Praise the Lord. First Chronicles 25:31. And to offer all burnt sacrifices unto the Lord in the Sabbaths, in the new moons, and on the set feasts by number according to the order commanded unto them continually before the Lord. You see that example? Another one, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. And God said. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So what were they for? Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. 
So they were for signs and seasons and for days and years. So when their feasts aligned with the moon, what did they do? They marked seasons. They marked times. They marked specific periods. Are we together? Hallelujah. We're not sounding too deep. Hallelujah. Are we is not a costume. They're called preaching garments. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. I'm just joking. Freddie, please stand up. Let them see the garments we wear. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right. Cool. Praise the Lord. Alex, wear your garments. You know, today you have worn like a you guy, my guy. Yeah? Hmm? You know, those jackets are known, eh? Some places, 1824. Praise the Lord. Okay, now, moving on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, so, what have we said? We have said that they used to align with the moon and they marked specific seasons. Are we together? Another one is 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 4. Please, if you see me getting distracted by the joke, please just put me back on track, my wife. Huh? Okay. Yeah. So, 2 Chronicles 2, 4 says, Behold, I build a house to the name of the Lord my God and to dedicate it to him and to burn before him sweet incense and for the continual shewbread and for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feast of the Lord. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Are you guys getting a hang of it? Praise the Lord. So, these feasts were given under the law. Are we together? And you know, we, we, we usually say we are no longer under law. We are under grace. And when we say that, we always sometimes think that the law is evil. But no, the Bible has never said the law is evil. In fact, the Bible says the law is good right the law is good and it had a purpose at that particular time the law had a purpose but its purpose came to an end when christ appeared the bible says that christ is the end of the law are we together are we together the reason why it is not good to be under the law is because it negates everything that christ has done are we together now the Old Testament law served several good purposes, including revealing God's character. The law provided insights into God's holiness, righteousness, moral standards, guiding the people on how to live in alignment with his nature. So his standard was revealed by the law. There's a standard that was revealed. Praise the Lord. It also gave them a definition of righteousness, the boundaries between right and wrong, establishing a moral and ethical framework for the Israelites to follow. It maintained order among us, the Israelites, praise the Lord. Are we together? Does that make sense? Although they disobeyed it, but there was a purpose for it. Are we together? It also promoted health and hygiene among us them. Right? Yes. And then it conveyed God's expectations for the people of Israel. It provided atonement and forgiveness for them through the law. Although it was repetitive, it was not a one work that was final. Amen. It fostered discipline 
it distinguished Israel from other nations. Are we together? And then it prepared a way for the Messiah. Because some aspects of the law foreshadowed and prepared the way for the coming of Jesus as the ultimate plan and the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan for salvation. Are we together? It says some aspects of the law foreshadowed and prepared the way for the coming of Jesus Christ as the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan for salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed? Today we are learning. Hallelujah. So what are the lessons we can draw? That the Old Testament law contained prophetic feasts of events that will take place in the future, some of which have already taken place. So the law contained prophetic feasts. Prophetic events that will take place in the future, some of which have already taken place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Is that point making sense to you? So there were prophetic feasts and events that will take place in the future, some of which have already taken place. So we have the feast of Passover. We have the unleavened bread. We have the fast fruit. We have Pentecost. We have the feast of trumpets, the feast of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we okay on Zoom? Are we okay? Are we recording? Are we good? All right. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Okay, great. All right. So as we continue, praise the Lord. We want to, I just want to mention in passing some few things. You will realize that Jesus is actually named after these feasts. Right? For example, there was a fast feast, which was called the Feast of? Which was the, was the first one? Passover. All right? The Feast of Passover. Leviticus 20, 23 verse 5 says, In the 14th day of the first month at the even is the Lord's Passover. So you remember something to note is that the Jewish days do not begin at 6 in the morning. The Jewish days begin at 6 in the evening. Praise the Lord. That is why if you calculate it very nicely and you pay attention, you'll discover <laughs> Jesus was actually crucified on Wednesday. <laughs> Somewhere around Wednesday. Praise God. It's true. <laughs> I'll share that clip. I, you know, you, it's good to learn. <laughs> Praise God. So their days do not begin like our days. Are we together? I was listening to that and it really captivated me. So it says in the 14th day of the first month of the even is the Lord's Passover. Leviticus 23 verse 5. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. It says, Padge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lamp as ye are unleavened. For even Christ is our, even Christ is our Passover. For Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. It says, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for 
us. Christ is called our Christ is called our Passover and he is sacrificed for us. Christ is called our Passover. You know, when you read your Bible and you understand the feast of Passover, when they applied blood on their doorpost and on their side posts. Actually, if you look at the symbolism of that is one at the top, one on the side, one on the side. If you were to draw lines across, it forms what? A cross. Are we together? So God is this coded guy. Uh, let me, okay, let me say guy. So my apologies. You know, God is this coded father. <laughs> Praise God. This coded, coded father that he just knew what he was doing, but they were in types and shadows and symbols before the substance has been revealed in Christ. Praise God. And the problem in the body of Christ is the more we keep settling for the shadows, the more we keep, we keep having confusion, we lie to one another, we are deceived, and we misappropriate the scriptures. And sometimes the consequences are painful, and there is frustration in the life of a believer. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, some preachers will come and tell you, tonight, if you want the, the darkness to pass over your house, come and connect with the seed or the power of God. And easily people can be lied to. Praise God. I have so many jokes. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. My goodness, praise the Lord. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So the night of Passover that Jesus was celebrating the Passover feast with his disciples, they were having that unleavened bread which he broke. Praise God. And shared amongst them. And say, this is my bread that is broken down for you. Partake of it. He gave them wine to sip. Praise God. It was in the midst of a feast. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. He was not saying that we, we shall now go around eating small pieces of bread and ribena. That was not the idea. And please hear me. I say this with utmost reverence. That was not the idea, and we will tackle that. Praise God. We will come and tackle it. That's why I told you, when people say, you know, if you take the communion un unworthily, you will be sick, you will be die. I told you there are churches that take this thing every Sunday, and they don't even believe in salvation. They don't believe in salvation, and they eat this thing. Those guys should have all dropped dead. They're still alive <laughs> and, and doing well. Praise God. So there was a deeper spiritual meaning that he was trying to communicate. Are we together? And even more, if you're so obsessed with the bread and the wine, I want to tell you this, that it is not by it that you get access to heaven. Are we together? It is not by it that you get access to healing. Because there are so many people who have been healed not by eating communion. It is not a set standard for healing. It is not a set standard for blessings. It is not a set standard for breaking curses. No. Please. Sometimes we just apply common sense. 
common sense. How many of you have ever received good without even having eaten communion in your life? God has, you've gotten promoted, you've gotten a raise without, uh, that day you did not eat communion, or that week. Praise the Lord. But you see, when you begin to teach people that you saw there is a mystery behind this thing, now people begin to take it as a practice. So they are always eating it, thinking, then their confidence becomes that bread and that cup. Praise the Lord. And then if you try to execute this thing somewhere like in Ukambani, guys, so we are like, hey, Buana, hey no, we'll, we will eat quickly. Praise God. And we might be like the Corinthians anyway. <laughs> Listen, are we together? <laughs> are we together? So, Jesus is called our Passover. And when God instituted it, he said, Exodus 23, verse 14 to 16, three times, sorry, no, 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 we're not even there. We're still on the Passover. Christ is called our Passover. Are we together? I've established that. That first feast, Jesus is called our Passover. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we in agreement? You shall never be lied again. You shall never give a Passover seed or Passover whatever again. You are free in Jesus' name. Say amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Now moving on, we have um, Exodus 23 verse 14 to 16. It says, three times shall thou keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month of Abib. For in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, which thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. Now, he's talking about the first fruits there, and he's talking about the feast of unleavened bread. Are we together? Now, Let's just touch on fast food quickly, then we move to unleavened bread. The feast of fast food, also known as the festival of fast food, was the annual feast prescribed by God in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Leviticus 23, verse 9 to 14. It was a significant celebration in the agricultural calendar of ancient Israel, and it held spiritual significance as well. And here are the key points about the feast of fast fruits all right so let's just take this quickly the feast of fast fruit um, was observed on the day after the sabbath following the passover it was observed on the day after the sabbath following the passover this means it was the first day of the week which is also known as the resurrection sunday or easter sunday some people would say that according to how they calculate the days because the feast of fast fruit was happening after passover some people say it's a day some people say it's two days but the idea and the concept behind it is that the passover is offered or celebrated praise god the passover which was a lamb are we together without blemish or spot is killed and people partake of the passover are we together then, a day or two days later, they have the Feast of Fast Fruit. Are we together? Are we together? 
the passover is jesus crucified are we together then the crucifixion of jesus means that the son of god did what when he died he he descended are we together does the bible say that he descended he does it say that he descended he that descended and then he ascended that he might feel all in all are we together all right so the descending jesus now says in john 12 unless a wheat of grain 12 32 unless a wheat of grain falls to the ground it abides alone but if it dies it gives birth to many other so the passover jesus dying his death is the sowing of the seed now when a seed is sown what comes out of the seed what comes out of a seed, a, a seed sown fruit so the passover happens today a few days later two days some argue some say three some what happens christ rises so he is sown as a seed during the passover in his death a few days later the feast of fast fruit the resurrection does it make sense my friend praise god you know there's so many ways of making money believers are ignorant you can make money hallelujah man of god from v8 above praise god and range rover v6 v8 what do you do you just come and start lying to people and you will get those things praise god me have ever given those seeds when I say this. So, nakauchungu, kabirness. But the Lord is healing me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, we remember those days. Wish my wife. Hi. Let's leave it. Alex, you remember those days? Praise the Lord. Are we together? So, to the agricultural significance of fast fruit. The feast was primarily an agricultural festival making the beginning of the grain harvest in Israel. It symbolized the first fruits of the barley harvest being presented to God as an offering of gratitude. As an offering of gratitude. And they used to bring their harvest and the priest would wave it. Are we together? Three. On the offering of first fruit, on the occasion, the Israelites were instructed to bring a sheaf of the first fruit of their harvest to the priest at the tabernacle or later into the temple in Jerusalem. The symbolic meaning is the offering of the first fruits represented the acknowledgement of God's provision and sovereignty over the land and agriculture. It signified trust in God for the rest of the harvest, which was yet to come. Praise the Lord. Now understand this. Fast fruit is not the actual harvest. Kwemoy, you're an agricultural man and Alex, you understand this. The fast fruit is not the bumper harvest, right? There is more to come. There's just the first ones that come, but there's the major harvest. Are we together? So the first fruit was a symbolic thing. It showed that, hey, the land is producing. So wait, there is more to come. So it gave the people rest. They didn't have to worry. Because the moment they saw the first fruit, they knew the harvest is coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It talks about rest in Christ because we have believed in him praise the lord it gives us an assurance of greater 
greater days ahead in eternity with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And he has given us the spirit of God as our guarantee. So we know and we can have rest in him because we know of his faithfulness in days to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is very important. And then the connection to the Passover. The feast of fast fruit was closely tied to the Passover. In fact, it followed immediately after the Passover celebration. The offering of the fast fruits occurred during the feast of unleavened bread, which lasted seven days. So there was the feast of fast fruit in the first week after the Passover, and there was also the feast of unleavened bread, which lasted seven days after the Passover. Are we together? And the prophetic significance is the feast of fast fruit also held a prophetic significance. It symbolically foreshadowed the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And the Apostle Paul refers to Jesus as the fast fruit of those who have fallen asleep. And is drawing a parallel between Christ's resurrection and the offering of fast fruit. Praise the Lord. And also the transition to Pentecost. The feast of fast fruit marked the beginning of a counting period leading to the feast of weeks, also known as Pentecost, which occurred 50 days later. The count started from the day the fast fruit were presented to the priest. That's why there's this argument. Some people say the disciples spent seven days in the upper room. Some say they, they spent 10 days. Why? Because those who say that they spent 10 days begin to count the days after the resurrection. Are we together? After the resurrection. So they don't count the three days and three nights. They count after it. That's how they arrive at the 40 days he appeared to his disciples according to the book of Acts chapter 1 plus 10 days the spirit in the upper room and then the spirit of God appeared. The Holy Ghost came. Are we together? Then there are those who count from the crucifixion. So they count those three days, all right, plus the 40 days they come to 43. Are we together? Then they say the disciples spent seven days in the upper room. Are we together? All that matters is the spirit came. Hallelujah. We're not going to be obsessed about numbers. We're going to be obsessed about the reality. Praise God. Chamuhimu, the spirit of God came. Are we together? So you see how these feasts are tied to Christ. Praise God. I'm telling you it wasn't a co coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. God is amazing. Praise the Lord. So the feast of fast fruits like other Old Testament feasts were later superseded in its full significance by the death and resurrection of Jesus. As the first fruits of the resurrection, Jesus fulfilled the spiritual meaning of this feast, ushering in a new era and fulfilling God's plan for redemption. Hallelujah. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them that slept. Hallelujah. Christ is called our fast fruit. Praise Jesus. 
In another version he says, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. James chapter 1 verse 18 says, of his own will he begat us. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we shall be a kind of we shall be a kind of fast fruits of his creatures. Then 1 Corinthians 15.23 says, But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So Christ is the first fruit. Then we follow after him as the other first fruits. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So the word of God is calling you the first fruit. It's calling Christ the first fruit. Praise the Lord. But you see, when men are insincere, they tell you, come and give your first salary of the month. Oh, you're coming to church, you're so blessed. Pastor, praise the Lord. The Lord is faithful. He has done great things in my life, Pastor. Then we ask, what has happened? You say, he has given me a new job. And we say, praise the Lord. We celebrate with you, Sister Nelly, for the wonderful job that you have received. Hallelujah. UN. Praise God. <laughs> We celebrate with you. Hallelujah. But then we tell you, your first salary. Bring it to the altar. Because it is your first fruit. Praise God. Isn't that a lie, guys? Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? That's not true. The first fruit is Christ. The first fruit is you. That is the first fruit. Jesus is the first fruit. Glory be to God. I'm loving this. Praise the Lord. I'm loving this. So be free today. Be free today. In our dealings of money with God, be free. Don't live in fear and always wondering, hey, wow, Lord, Lord, please be free. The first fruit is Christ. The more you realize this reality is you give now liberally because you're so much filled with joy and gladness. Praise the Lord. You give with a cheerful heart because you know, oh, hallelujah, I am free indeed. Amen. Are we together? Then we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, also known as the Festival of Unleavened Bread, was one of the appointed feasts in the Old Testament observed by the people of Israel. It was closely connected to the Passover and was held annually to commemorate and celebrate the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. It was to commemorate the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To commemorate that. Another thing that commemorated their exodus from Egypt was also the Sabbath. Was also the Sabbath rest. And Sabbath means cease from works. Shabbat. Cease from works, rest. Praise God. Which the reality of that is grace. You cease from your own labor and your own works. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you, can you guys see how these things are connected? So for those guys who are focused so much on a particular day of the week to be their Sabbath, like Freddie, um, the Lord has now delivered them. They understand Sabbath is Christ. Sabbath is the rest that God has given us. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we are free. Praise God. You know, Freddie used to have a big Bible in his car just next to his gear. A big Bible. And you say, you know, uh, it's my Sabbath. And like, chief, chief, stop it, man. <laughs> hmm? Relax. Hmm? Hallelujah. So it is closely connected. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Exodus chapter 12, verse 17 to 20. It says, and ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. So it was put in place to commemorate their freedom from Egypt. Are we together? In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until one and twentieth day of the month, at even seven days shall there be no living found in your houses for whosoever eateth that which is living even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel whether he be a stranger or born in the land he shall eat nothing living in all your habitations shall ye eat um, in all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread you shall eat nothing living in all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread so, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread started on the 15th day of the Jewish month of Nisan, which typically fell in March or April. It lasted for seven days, with the first and last days being considered special Sabbaths, during which no regular work was to be done. Unleavened Bread, the name of the feast is derived from the practice of eating unleavened bread during the entire duration of the festival. Leaven or yeast was not allowed in the bread as it symbolized the haste with which the Israelites left Egypt, not having enough time for their bread to rise. Do you understand? Do you understand? It was symbolic. God was trying to give these guys clues. Mpaka kwa chapati. Mpaka kwa ndunya. Mpaka kwa KDF. Any God was just determined, I will show you these things, so that when Christ comes, you will understand. But Christ came, they didn't get it. Praise God. God was determined. Praise God. Franka, there was no time at the Jovlo now picking at Tingojeni Pande. Sindio Subiri Pandes. Subiri Pande. Subiri. What what do you use? You Sarwana Samanganini. Ah, Subiri Sju Kwanzai. I don't know what. There was no time. Yokituna toa if you can't cha Praise God. There was no time. It was time to move. Praise God. And God was using it as an example. Praise God. Amen. You will love this and then we will eat leavened bread. All right. Praise God. Um, now, um, hallelujah. Praise God. You guys are getting blessed? The word of God is sweet. Huh? The word of God is sweet. Hallelujah. We celebrate. The Let me tell you, the gospel is free. Hallelujah. Me, I'm happy. Because there were days we used to sit with my wife in a church somewhere. Hey, man of God, go deeper. Now we have float. You're like, what is going on here, man? <laughs> oh my God. There used to be a preacher who used to irritate my wife. He used to shake his hand with the watch here. Now I'm I'm from California. You know, huh? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> yeah, he was the namesake of this guy here. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, I have jokes. And you should be serious. Eh? Praise God. 
Las Vegas, eh? The Lord help. All right. Oh my goodness. The word of God is sweet. Hmm? All right. So, um, it was commemorating also the Exodus. The primary purpose of the Feast of Unleavened Bread was to remember and celebrate the Israelites' liberation from slavery in Egypt. It specifically recalled the events described in Exodus 12 when God instructed the Israelites to prepare unleavened bread and eat it as they were leaving Egypt. Number four, removing leaven from homes. Before the feast began, the Israelites will conduct a thorough search of their homes to remove any traces of leavened bread. The process was known as Passover cleaning or getting rid of shamets. So they were very particular. We would enter Alex's house. And we make sure we get rid of it. Hmm? That's what we will do. We will enter, you enter someone's house. Unaingia, unangalia nyumba ya gobs. Kama akona self-raising flour. Unachukua unamuaga uko inje. Sama ndugu kangumu for the next seven days, brother. Hakuna izi machapati soft. Praise God. That's how things were happening. Man, it was crazy. You can imagine how, how interesting these things point to Christ. Yeah? So, another thing is it was a symbol of holiness and purification. The removal of living represented the removal of sin and impurity from the lives of the people. It symbolized their commitment to living a holy and righteous life before God. Hallelujah. It symbolized their commitment to living a holy and righteous life before God. The removal of living represented the removal of sin and impurity from the lives of the people. It was a time of celebration. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was a joyous occasion for the Israelites. It marked the beginning of the agricultural harvest season and was a time of gratitude to God for his deliverance and provision. Then we will look at now the spiritual significance in the substance. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, the concept of unleavened bread is also used symbolically. It's used symbolically. And it was used in a number of ways and we will look at it. First and foremost, there is unleavened and there is bread. Bread, unleavened. Bread, unleavened. Are we together? So who is considered bread bread john 6 35 and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst so it was a typology of christ he is the bread jesus said unto me i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger he that believeth in me shall never thirst if you have come to jesus you never hunger and thirst again you shall never hunger and thirst again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You will never sing those songs that you sing. I'm thirsty, Lord. I'm hungry for you. Hungry, hungry for you. Which one is that? As the deer panteth for the waters of my soul. Those days are over. Jesus came. We received him. We no longer hunger and thirst. If any man believes in me, out of his belly shall flow streams of living water. We have the spirit without measure. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
But another thing, now, now there's bread. I don't need to go into bread from now leaven. Leaven symbolized corruption. Are we together? It symbolized corruption. It symbolized malice and evil and all these things. Praise God. So one thing about Christ is that he never saw corruption. Are we together? When Jesus died, Psalm 16 verse 10 prophetically says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. So Jesus was never corrupted. Thou will not suffer my soul, the holy one, to see corruption or leave his soul in hell. Are we together? And then Acts chapter 13 verse 32 to 35 says, And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto their fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure masses of David. Wherefore he saith, in another, wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Praise the Lord. Jesus never saw corruption. Praise God. Matthew 13 verse 33 says, Another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto living, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was livened. And this is a different use of the word living. It talks about the kingdom of God. It can be a small measure, but when it is livened, it grows. In the same context, he used the parable of the mustard seed to show the growth of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We may be 10, we may be 20. But because we are the kingdom of God, brothers, I look forward to the day we shall be a hundred and the day we shall be a thousand. Amen. Amen. Matthew 16 verse 6 says, And Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What was Jesus referring to the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Their doctrine. Their doctrine. They preached legalism. Justification or acceptance to God by legalism. They emphasized on practices that never pointed to the substance, which is Jesus. That's why they had so many cases. Oh, your disciples don't wash their hands. They always focus on these rituals, but they never saw the substance, which was Jesus Christ revealed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew 16, verse 11 to 12. How is it that ye do not understand that I speak unto you concerning bread? that ye should be aware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What he was actually warning them against is not the bread that the Pharisee will come and give you. It is the doctrine that they will teach you. Because that doctrine will take you back again to bondage. It will take you back again to bondage. Guys, your days of liberation are here. You are free. Praise God. All those days that you did theatrics in churches, trying to gain God, those days are over. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My goodness. And, you know, we have taken persecution because of taking a stand for this truth. My goodness. I used to wonder, how do people hate grace? You remember I was called the father of deception. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because of this gospel I'm preaching. Hi. 
ndugu ulikama ulinona niko na mapembe eh yani ukasema nikae call me a father of lies because of preaching the grace of Christ so when we see when you see us preaching with so much joy my friend tumerambwa na legalism <laughs> we said enough is enough hey my friend if you want to try it you go we don't even you don't even need anyone's help it will work on you thoroughly itakufinya <laughs> you'll just be like hey let me just go back you know sometimes we see people who have just gotten born again you know the ones who are tired of legalism are the ones who are very happy to embrace the grace of god praise god but then there are those who get born again they have never known legalism they also receive the grace of god easily but then there are those who get born again and then they become curious they feel like hey we need to chase after these prophets and something powerful they go back to we see them going to legalism we tell them my friend there's no point we have gone through it we have come out of the bush but we can see the black thorns on us don't go that way they go hey the things they see there it's crazy Mark 8:15 and he charged them saying take heed beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Luke 12 verse 1 in the meantime when they were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people in so much that they trod one upon another he began to say into unto his disciples first of all beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's hypocrisy. And the idea about living is the fact that when it comes into the bread, it makes the bread puffed up. And it also shows their pride. What was the puffing up? The puffing up was their unwillingness to be broken to receive salvation from Christ by choosing to depend on your own works to be accepted with God. That was the pride. That was the puffing up. instead of just saying i can't lord i receive your grace you want to try and earn points with god by your own works which the bible says is like filthy rags hallelujah so as we are coming to a close guys 1 corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 to 8 says your glorying is not good or your boasting is not good know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lamp she's talking about pride Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened you are called unleavened for even Christ our passover is sacrifice for us therefore let us keep the feast not with the old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth that unleavened bread is Christ Jesus so the feast of unleavened bread was symbolic of the fact that they were delivered from Egypt they were delivered from sin and its bondage hallelujah israel coming out of egypt was coming out of bondage oppression and now in christ we have come out of bondage and oppression by sin that's why we can say i'm no longer a slave to sin or a slave to fear praise god hallelujah
1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 to 8. Let me just read it again. Your glorying is not good. Somebody open it for me in a simpler version. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little living liveneth the whole lamb. Purge out therefore the old living, that ye may be a new lamb, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with the old living, neither with the living of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Praise God. Who has opened a simpler version? Of the same First Corinthians chapter chapter 5 or 6 to 8. All right, let me just read it quickly. Oh, sorry, 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 Bishop. First Corinthians chapter uh, 5 verse 6 to 8. Boasting over your tolerance of sin is inappropriate. Don't you understand that even a small compromise with sin permeates the entire fellowship? Just as a little living permeates a batch of dough. So remove every trace of your living of compromise with sin so that you might become new and pure again. For indeed you are clean because of Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. So now we can celebrate our continual feast, not with the old living, the yeast of wickedness or bitterness, but with a feast on the flesh, uh, oh sorry, <laughs> but, with, but we will feast on the freshly baked bread of innocence and holiness. Praise the Lord. Have you ever baked dough? How, how much yeast do you use? I see, you, I see my wife taking very small. 11 grams. And it's able to permeate the whole dough. And that's what sin does. It permeates your entire being and brings pride. But when we partake of the unleavened bread of Christ, we are free from the bondage of sin. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says in Romans 6.18, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. Hallelujah. Come on, just repeat that. Say, I am made free from sin. I have become the servant of righteousness. Romans 6.22, say, I am free from sin. I am a servant to God. I have my fruit unto holiness. And the end everlasting life. John 8.36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son has made you free, you are free indeed. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 1 Peter 2.16 says, As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. 1 John 3, 5, and ye know that he was manifested to take away your sins, and in him is no sin. Hallelujah. That's why I, I appreciate one thing. When my wife knows, when she knows what we're going to talk about, she ensures that we sing songs that echo the same. And praise and worship, we have to understand this. It's not about the art of singing. It's not about this song in a bamba. Napenda this song. JC Anabamba. Anaba. No, you are singing. <laughs> you are through singing, you are making us confess. When you are leading us, you are making us confess these realities of our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you cannot come and give us a song that is making us confess certain things that are not 
right to the believer. It does not minister to the person. Are we together? Hallelujah. So, 1 John 3, 9 says, Whoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Praise the Lord. So what is the lesson that we draw from this message today? That these verses use the word living metaphorically to illustrate spiritual concepts such as the influence of the kingdom of heaven, false teachings, hypocrisy, and the need to remove malice and wickedness from one's life. But even more, the Feast of Unleavened Bread along with the Feast of Passover was an essential part of Israel's religious calendar and it served as a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness and deliverance throughout their history. And for us, we now see the substance in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We see it in Jesus Christ. That the living being taken out from us is sin. And when he said, this is my body that is broken down for you. He says, unless anyone eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood, he cannot have eternal life. What is the flesh that we partook? It is the body of Christ that was broken down for us. What is that body? It is a body without corruption, a body without sin, the Lamb of God without blemish or spot. It is the unleavened bread that we have partaken in our lives. We have partaken of the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. The bread that is without corruption, the bread that is without malice or wickedness, the bread that is without sin, the Lamb of God without blemish or spot. We have partaken of him. And because we partook of him, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to wickedness. We are no longer in bondage, but we are experiencing the freedom that is in Christ. Beloved, we have moved from the shadows. We are now experiencing the substance, which is Jesus Christ. We are not bound. We are not deceived. We are not lied to. We are not confused. For we know the substance, which is Jesus we know the substance, which is Jesus. Paul said, I endeavor to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. There is no other name by which men are to be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. No other name but by the name of Jesus Christ. And time and time again, our prayer is that Christ may be restored on our pulpits. That men may begin to see Jesus proclaimed. Because the more we move away from Christ, the more we keep wasting time. We waste your time as believers. We take you to a path of confusion. Because we are not giving you the message as we ought to. Paul said, pray for me that I may preach the word of God as I ought to. The purpose of our preaching is that we may proclaim Jesus Christ and him alone. Praise the Lord. Him alone, unapologetically. It doesn't matter the kind of status that one has in society. 
It doesn't matter the number of years a person has had in ministry. It doesn't matter the estate that you are upholding. If you are not preaching Christ, you are not doing a service to the body of Christ. You are doing a disservice to the body of Christ. We are here preaching Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's why you see we are very particular. And I praise God because there are certain men that God brings in our life. They continue affirming these truths. We don't, we don't preach to, to you today and then we begin to compromise it. Praise God. You will not hear that compromise. We choose to stay fixated on Christ. Even if it is not popular, it is fine. If we will not be popular, it is fine. But we will choose to remain to Christ. We will not compromise to appease men. But we will stay focused on the preaching of Christ, beloved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Far be it that I will tell you come and connect with a mantle. What a shame. What an insult to the Spirit of God. Who is the anointing that dwelleth inside of you? That now you begin to pursue a mantle that was upon a man. Men who were dead, they never had salvation. Praise God. The Bible says you have the anointing of the Holy One. You have the anointing of the Holy One. You have the anointing of the Holy One. You will not be deceived because you have the anointing of the Holy One. The Bible says the Son of God has appeared unto us and he has given us an understanding that we may know how to keep ourselves. When Christ has appeared, he is the fulfillment of precious prophecies and pro uh, promises. He is the fulfillment. He is the substance of the shadows. Why are we still dwelling in the shadows and not living in the liberty that comes by knowing him, the substance? And people say, you know what? Oh, you pretend like you know so much. Why are you so judgmental? How we say whenever we sing certain songs, we take you back to the shadows. You're not able to comprehend Christ. This can never be the days of Elijah. These are the days of the Son of God being manifested who have Christ dwelling in them. Praise the Lord. There is no such a thing as a mantle of Elijah to give to you. There is no double portion of an anointing to give to you. The Spirit is one and He dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God dwells inside of you. So do not compromise because you want to appease a man. People are running up and down talking about, oh, the mantles, the mantles, the mantles. There is no such a thing. It is the Spirit of God that is in the church. What somebody may have is experience which he can teach a younger generation. And he can bless them. And he can pray for them. And he can mentor them. But the anointing has been given to you the day that you believed in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of God came and took residence inside of you. Hallelujah. By one Spirit have we all been baptized into one body. So we are living in the substance of Christ Jesus. And this reality is are dealing to us freedom and liberty joy unspeakable and that is our life we are not walking in condemnation we're not walking in guilt neither are we walking in deception no man shall tell us to give money in order to attain what freely been given to us in christ jesus we have received it freely we have received it freely we have received it freely jesus is our passover jesus is our fast fruit 
Jesus is the unleavened bread. Jesus is the atonement. In the Feast of Trumpets, it is Jesus that we meet. Praise the Lord. In the Feast of Tabernacles, it is Jesus dwelling with us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is our atonement. Beloved, please take these words to heart and enjoy the liberty that is already yours. Enjoy the liberty that is already yours. When you're now living your life in the kingdom of God, live with the assurance that you have been loved greatly in your life. It is not your 20K that will generate a husband for you. No. It is the faithfulness of your father who loves you. Who loves you. And he knows the state of your heart. He knows your desires. And he gives you those desires. Praise God. Because the more you are pressing into him, his desires become your desire. And it is, it is the joy of the Father to answer you. It is the joy of the Father to answer you. It is the joy of the Father to answer you. And he today is present. Loving you. Looking upon you and saying, listen, there is no issue or there is no demand that this life can ever bring your way that my grace cannot supply. If it is a business, my grace is sufficient to supply for you all things that you need. If it is your family, my grace is sufficient to supply to you all things that you need. Whatever the case, the substance is here with us. And we have no guilt or shame because the unleavened bread that we have partaken of has made us free from sin. There is no guilt or condemnation. But we are free in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's rise on your feet and let us celebrate the Lord Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, precious Father. We bless you, Jesus. Just open your mouth and give him thanks. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. 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 Ala tata rabu sanderia haka damaha. Lepre de sokotura amahande. Rika tarabababu shandere bababosa. Likra asande rikete. Rabababu shanderi bababosa katarababoyande. Rabababu shandere bayande. Akasita rabababu shande. Lo sokorobo shande. Araba Santa Rababu Zande. Thank you, Jesus. Ashakata Rababu Sande. Alarababu Zande. Arababu Zendere Bababu Sakanta Raba. Ericosu Zande. Likata Rababu Zande. We bless you, Jesus. We honor you because you are faithful, because you are wonderful. We bless you, Jesus. Selekopara Andariba Babu Sande. Rekata yanda ba 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 bo, sandere ba ba bo shande, usantari ba 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 bo shande. Hallelujah! Listen, the unleavened bread was a prophetic feast, and the answer has come in Christ Jesus. So we can celebrate because God, before time, answered us because He saw the need of our hearts. He saw the needs of our soul. And the need of our soul, the need of our heart, was to be relieved of the burden of sin. 
and to give us freedom. That's why we can sing and celebrate because he has answered the need of our hearts and soul by setting us free from sin. Hallelujah. So I want us to sing that chorus. The chorus. Nashangilia sababu mungu Listen, the, the need of your heart is not money. It is the freedom and the liberty that God has brought your way. So let us sing with that understanding to the glory of God. Hallelujah. And then we'll do our giving after this. Jibu hajaya moyo shangilia sababu mungu amejibu hajaya moyo is Peter Chalo. Eight, three, four, six, 
0809-2584-96. The recipient is Peter Chalo. If you have cash, there is a basket at the back there. Um, you can please deposit whatever it is that you are freely and cheerfully giving um, to the ministry. I don't know if there's any other announcement that is pending, but once we're done with service, there's uh, our usual leavened bread and <laughs> sacrifice of tea. Tea, chai, chai, I hope, just as the end, as we end, before I hand over to the worship team to give us a closing song, and as I bless um, you for the week. Our earnest desires, Pastor Peter has said, is that you will truly embrace the reality that we have. We know it's not easy because of the previous doctrinal settings that we may have, you know, be exposed to. And also the current circumstances that the world itself is presenting. Please go home and read this stuff. Please. This is me humbly asking you. It's not because I want anything from you. It is what God desires of you, that you will walk in that understanding. There's so much, there's such a wealth in embracing these realities because it keeps you above, your head above the storm, above the waters. It gives you a confidence that nothing can shake. I'm sincerely urging you, don't just listen to our sermons on Sunday and then you relax and wait till the next Sunday or maybe prayers on Wednesday or the devotional read on Friday. Take this as your livelihood above all else. Those things that keep and come, you know, and, and encompassing you every single day that you're, you're dealing with this, you're dealing with that, whether good or bad, because sometimes the blessings can be so bountiful that you actually lose your senses. You're not able to act accordingly and you start acting out of pocket. But the word keeps you anchored. It helps you manage your spouse. Let me tell you, sorry that I'm digressing, I'm just, oh, you've already finished the giving. Um, we don't, we don't, some of us who know us intimately know the way we operate, eh? but the thing that keeps us in line has been the word. It's not that we are perfect. It's not that we have marriage figured out. In fact, we like to say we are novices. We are at the very bottom. But the thing that helps us navigate everything is the word. It helps us learn how to parent our son. We've never been there before, but we are learning on the job but with the word. It helps us make wise business decisions. We don't understand sometimes even the dynamics of, we're not economists, we don't know the nitty gritties of work and all that, but at the time when we are at a crossroads, we go back to, not to go back, we're already in it. We stay in the word, that we're able to keep our integrity. And it also keeps us humble. That whenever we are wrong and we have been called upon, it's easy to say, I am sorry. It's easy to, to be entreated, to, to, to rebuke, to change. We don't fight it. It might hurt us because of our pride. That, that leaven, yeah? that puffiness, that small thing. 
but when we think about what Christ has accorded to us there's no, there's no time to waste there's no time to waste so I pray with your neighbors as stubborn as they are that pesky neighbor, that pesky workmate that pesky spouse of yours probably, I don't know just stay in the word don't start trying to be some philosopher sorry <laughs> it's time for me to go <laughs> anyway, philosophical don't try and think outside of the word, stay in the word he will help you, the Holy Spirit will help you with the right words and the right approach okay? uh, Father I thank you for what your children have given today I thank you that you have blessed them that they have supply for every good work I thank you that Lord even this week Daddy they are not going to be lacking in anything that they will embrace the fullness of your spirit within them they will commune with your spirit Daddy that he will be a friend closer not he will be that he is indeed a friend closer than a brother that he will he will show them who they are that they will not be intimidated this week they will not walk with their heads hanging low I thank you father for they are indeed free indeed they are so free they have such great liberty to do exploits in this generation thank you that they are their brothers keepers that their light shines so bright that it cannot be hid I thank you for every single soul that is here both physically and 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 uh, um, you know outside who's not basically here oh Lord I, I thank you that indeed they are the flavor of this world that whenever they rub shoulders with people there will be a beautiful exchange of grace that people will desire to know more about this God that they are submitted to and that they are marrying thank you that no sickness will find habitation in anyone's body in the name of Jesus that they are whole that they are free to do over and above everything that this world has ever tried to put limitations on them. You are highly exalted, our Father. In their lives, you are highly exalted. You are seasoning their words, O oh God, that they will never say anything that is harsh, that they will not cut anybody with their words, O oh God, but they will edify every soul that they will speak to Daddy. We love you and we exalt your name today. Jesus name we have spoken and believed amen amen and our service is done please have a wonderful time as you enjoy the meal before you worship team please feel free uh, for the first time visitors please uh, meet us outside there at the tent Palekwa tent just direct them to where I think we have one, two first time visitors whoever may expire no and the Karibuni Sana will be outside there so you can just have a, a chat and get to know who you are thank you Mas, you can also assist Nelly as needed
我服软弱。